Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KFI AM640. You're listening to The John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. We're on the radio from 1 until 4, and gee, I don't know, maybe you're busy this afternoon. And what? You can't get the whole show. You might work. Don't we stop the world to hear the show? No, live? <sighs> you know, in another universe we do. Maybe you're having a health crisis. Maybe you're having a baby. Maybe there's something you have to do during this. <laughs> you might be giving birth. That's anyway, right. that's what the iHeartRadio app is for. You can go to... Uh, John and Ken On Demand podcast. And uh, after you've uh, gone through labor, you can hear the show later tonight. All right. Uh, we're now going to talk about uh, the vagrant crisis. This time, we're going to go to Sacramento. The uh, district attorney for Sacramento County, his name is Tin Ho. He has filed a lawsuit, and he threatened that this was coming, against the city of Sacramento for its, quote, descent into decay in how it is handling or completely not handling the growing homeless crisis. And in the lawsuit, they made it clear there's been an explosive growth in homelessness in the last seven years in that city. And there's now more homeless people in Sacramento than there are in San Francisco, which certainly gets a lot of attention when it comes to homelessness. So we have a chance now to talk to the DA and let's get him on the show and, and get more detail on this. Tin Ho, welcome to the John and Ken Show. Thank you for having me on your show, gentlemen. Yeah, I think most people, uh, when they think of a district attorney, they think of somebody who uh, prosecutes uh, criminals uh, for, uh, for felonies. So uh, explain how you have the power to file a lawsuit against a city for not taking care of something like the rampant homelessness. So first of all, the primary mandate of the DA is public safety. And so here's how it works, the public nuisance law. 
If, Ken, you own private property, you allow drug dealing, you allow human trafficking, dumping of needles, the city will come to you and say, you know what, you need to clean this up. If you don't, they will go after you, and they'll take you to court and have a judge force you to clean it up because you're not following the law. So in the same way, on city property, which is the sidewalks, the fields, the parks, uh, the city of Sacramento has allowed our unhoused population to explode by 250%. And what they've also done is they have refused the city of Sacramento to enforce any of the homeless city ordinances, the unlawful camping, the unlawful stores, the unlawful fire. So I'm taking them to court. I'm suing them under the law that they sue other people and forcing them to enforce the law. When did have you talked with them previously and told them you're going to do this? Did they get warning to clean up the city and have they ignored it? Absolutely. So, you know, I first sent a letter and the presiding judge of the court said, you know, because there was a lot of encampments around the courthouse. My employees were assaulted, court staff, jurors. And the mayor said, hey, the DA and the judge are right. We're going to fix this in two weeks. That was three months ago. And in that time, things have gotten worse. And so then we sent out a survey to the community asking how the uh, unhoused um, has affected their quality of life. And I mean, little kids can't ride their bike to school. Little girls can't play soccer because of broken needles on the field. People are getting assaulted, threatened with rape. And so then I sent a demand letter to the city asking them to implement seven, eight different items. Um, and I gave them a time frame to do it. And they turned around and sort of blame the county, blame the courts, blame myself. And so um, just this week, we decided to sue the city of Sacramento so they would enforce the law. So they don't have a defense so far. They haven't offered... Uh... Well, the only defense they're offering is that they said, we have engagement in teams out there every day working with the homeless to bring them inside. But clearly, that is not moving the needle, is it? Well, they say, oh, they've been able to obtain what they call successful voluntary compliance well if you walk down the street in the middle of the night without any shoes on you know alone come back and tell me whether or not there has been voluntary compliance there hasn't been so i think that they're going to get crushed at trial if they want to take it to trial and if it goes to trial and they are found that you're it's found that you're correct uh, mm -hmm. then what would be the remedy there what 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 would, ha what would happen well, we are not asking for money. We are asking for what they call injunctive relief, which means the court steps in, the court takes supervision of this, and the court can require the city do certain things. And one of them is this. At City Hall, they only allow camping at night, but not during the day. They did that to protect their employees, but they won't extend that same protection to the rest of the city. I've asked them over and over again to do that to the rest of the city, which is during the day, have our unhoused store the property, in a safe location, go get treatment and services. At the end of the day, this isn't about criminalizing homelessness. It's about getting those who are homeless, mental health and drug addiction services and encourage them and requiring them to get that so we can get them off the streets because it's not compassionate for them or for the rest of us. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you talk about voluntary compliance, but apparently that's not happening. So what you are talking about is some element of enforcement, is it not? Absolutely. It starts with enforcement and compliance. And then what we can do is encourage through the criminal justice system acceptance of um, drug treatment and mental health services to get the chronically unhoused off the streets. You have cited the sheriff of Sacramento County as apparently having a better approach than the city. Is that true? Yes. So Sheriff Jim Cooper, he's been out there and his homeless outreach team, they've cleared about uh, 600 encampments. They've contacted several thousand of our unhoused 
um, and offered services. And of all the people they've offered in terms of several hundred people in terms of services and shelter, only a, less than a dozen have accepted it. And so what we need to do is be able to cite um, and use, you know, the criminal justice system if you are violating the law to encourage treatment. So what we do is if you get arrested for multiple nonviolent offenses, we stack them up. And instead of going to jail, if you accept treatment and finish that treatment, you won't do the jail time. That's what we call using that as encouragement to get the treatment they need and get off the streets. How do you think this happened in these seven years in Sacramento? And I, I guess the mayor, Daryl Steinberg, has been there about that that long, huh? He's been here seven years. And really, this is a local failure. You know, the governor's given a lot of resources to the local authorities, a lot of money, a lot of resources. My question is, those resources have been squandered at the local level. I'm asking for an audit. Where do those hundreds of millions of dollars go? And I want a true accounting of what program actually works and what program doesn't work. And they've had an audit going now for two years, and it's still not done. And so this is about accountability on multiple levels and holding the government accountable. Where do you think the money has gone? What, what's your gut feeling? I mean, that's a tremendous amount of money for no benefit over a long period of time. Something really well, bad is going on. Well, here's the deal. As part of a civil case, you are entitled to what we call discovery, which is we get to ask for production of documents, ask questions, take depositions. And so I have a lot of questions, and the community, they have a lot of questions as well. Do you think the people are behind your effort here? Because, you know, the response normally becomes, oh, this is just politics, although uh, he's just doing this because he doesn't like the way we run the city. This isn't about politics. It's about public safety. It's not about personality. It's not personal. It's about public safety. It's not about partisanship. It's about public safety. And I tell you, every other day I get stopped by people on the streets of Sacramento. They say, excuse me, Mr. Ho, are you the DA? I said, yes. Thank you for doing what you're doing. The vast majority of the community is with us. We are stuck between chaos and compassion. We can't let people live on the streets this way, and we can't let people and small businesses shut because of what's happening on our streets. We need a balanced approach. So where does this go to a Sacramento County court? Is that where it goes first? Yes. So we filed um, the lawsuit on Tuesday. So it goes to Sacramento Superior Court. And there is a private attorney that's also representing businesses and, and everyday folks that is sued as well. So it goes to court. And then we begin the process of pretrial litigation, asking for those documents, setting up depositions, serving people with a notice to come and testify, whether it be the mayor or whoever else. And asking those tough questions that people want answers to. Um, and that's really the next process here, making sure that they are accountable and putting the pressure on them. And a judge will decide this or a jury? A jury will decide it. It will go to a jury and then ultimately a judge will uh, decide what remedy uh, and sense what happens after that. And your job is to prove, first of all, that this situation exists, which obviously it does. And also that they're, they're violating the law by allowing it to exist. Well, I have an email from the city attorney in which they admitted that in the last year they have not issued a single citation or um, or prosecuted a single case of any of these homeless ordinances, not a single one. Now, that seems like pretty good evidence. You know, when this story first came on our radar a few months ago, we thought that maybe you were going to pursue criminal charges against some of the city leaders. I guess that wasn't really in the works. Well, you know what? There are strategic and evidentiary reasons for why I proceeded the way I did. And so we have decided to sue the city civilly, which I'm entitled to do under the law. It's the civil code. Um, the district attorney has authority to prosecute civilly or criminally. I've chosen in this case for 
for certain reasons to go civilly at this time. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you, and we'll be watching the story. Hopefully we'll have you back on as yeah. this thing makes its way through the courts. Uh, okay. We appreciate what you're doing. One more quick question. Any district attorney yeah. can do this against any city in his uh, jurisdiction? First of all, I'm the first district attorney in the entire country to do this. Second, um, this is a California law. So any district attorney in the state of California can do this as well. Hmm. All right. All right. We'll talk with you again. Good luck. I hope you're wildly successful. Yeah. All right. Thank you. All right. right, That's that's the Sacramento County District Attorney. Tin Ho is his name, and he has filed a lawsuit against the city of Sacramento for not doing enough about the homelessness crisis. Uh, Particularly, you heard him mention no enforcement. Nothing. He, he asked for the records from the city attorney of Sacramento. They're not doing anything. Maybe so, George Gascon's replacement will sue the city of Los Angeles for starters. Oh, yeah. Sue Karen Bass. Yeah. That'd be great. There you go. You should have brought that up when you were at the forum the other night. I didn't know. I didn't know you could do this. I mean, I no. saw this story, but that I wanted. that's why we wanted to talk to him. It's like, how does this work? How does a, a DA sue a city for not cleaning up all the vagrants? But you heard him lay out the playbook there. So we'll see where this goes. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. On the radio from 1 to 4 and after 4 o'clock, the iHeart app for the John and Ken uh, On Demand podcast. And if you're just tuning in, you should go to that podcast and listen to the gentleman we uh, just spoke with last segment, Sacramento County District Attorney Tin Ho. He's suing the city of Sacramento for creating... Uh, Lock them up. A, a massive uh, public uh, health and safety hazard by letting yeah, the homeless. It's a civil suit, but still, uh, it'll probably get in the hands of a judge or a jury who will make some decision as to whether or not the city has to step up more to clean up the homelessness problem. And wild card is maybe they won't. Maybe they'll reject the lawsuit. So we'll follow that story because it is a unique way to approach the problem. Yesterday, the big story, of course, was the LA County District Attorney George Gascon announcing the charges against the man who killed the L.A. County Sheriff's deputy in Palmdale last weekend. And one thing that was missing was the death penalty. In fact, Orange County District Attorney Todd Spitzer just put out a press release this afternoon. Just can't believe that in this most heinous of crimes, gunning down a police officer execution style in cold blood doesn't warrant a shot at the death penalty. Uh, Again, Gascon added special circumstances to the case, but... He was asked at the press conference about the death penalty and the killing of a police officer. And his response was, if that would bring the deputy back, that old line, that's not going to bring the deputy that, back. That wasn't the purpose. No one's interested. No, no, but everybody knows that the deputy can't come back. That's a fake issue. We know when somebody dies, they're dead. Nobody said the death penalty was designed to bring the victim back. I hate when he said that and all the reporters just stood there mute, dumbfounded. It's like whoever whoever said that was the that was the intent of the death penalty to revive the victim. Jeez, how does that how do how do journalists let that pass? We have told you for years now that bit by bit they chip away at the criminal justice system. Here's a story that might surprise you. Uh, A man by the name of Derek Eugene Pettis was a 24-year-old gang member in 1994. He apparently took the gun from an L.A. County Sheriff's deputy named Terrence Wenger, shot him in the eye, and then turned and gunned down in the back a police chaplain by the name of Bruce Bryan. Why are we bringing up this story? 1994. Uh, Because 
he is now eligible for release. And I'll repeat, he was 24 at the time. You see, these youth offender laws, they keep kind of lowering the bar. Most people think, oh, well, that's somebody that was under 18. Well, no, it dropped from 18 to 20, it moved from 18 to 23, and now it's age 26. So since he was 24 at the time, he is eligible for earlier release. This was a retroactive change? Yes, it was a retroactive change. Uh, yes. You see? He first became eligible for parole in 2018. He was finally granted it at a September 6th parole board hearing. Now it's going to be up to Newsom to determine whether How or not. Pettis is now 54, but he, he was sentenced hey. to life in prison. But under the youth offender laws, which came into effect later, well, because he was 24 at the time, no. they can consider an you earlier know, release. They get, the, yes, the left-wing legislature, the anti-cop, pro-criminal legislature, gets this stuff passed through. It's not reported on by the dumbasses in the media. And we find out years later that a monster like this uh, this murderer is may get out early. Who yeah. knew that? Who knew that you could uh, shoot and kill people, shoot one person in the eye and somebody else in the back, kill him, and then and you'll get out in 30 years? 24 years old. This is not a 14-year-old that did this. Not that I would feel any more sympathy for a 14-year-old when, killer, but 24. When How did, does that qualify as youthful offender? I don't remember this being discussed, that you're still protected by your age when you're 24 years old. It was 18. Now it's up to 26. 26? Yeah, they've raised it to 26. That's... You could be considered a youthful offender if you committed your crime at 26 oh, or younger. Stop. People oh, have careers and, and families by age 26. They're married in their own homes by age 26. This, well, this is... So if you is... want to murder people, do it before you're 26 so you have a shot at early release. Who wrote that bill? Uh, when I did this thing yeah, pass? I don't remember the amendments to make it up to 26, but I remembered the bill years ago, the youthful offender idea, the idea that, uh, oh, you know, young people don't have the maturity to understand what they did. At 26? Well, th yeah, see, I was thinking 17, right? I don't even like 17, but I was thinking 17. But now it's up to 26, You yes. could run for political office. You you could already be discharged from the military with, with a, a full run. Right. Yep, the killer was 24 at the time, and his status is applied retroactively. Oh, that's Meaning horrible. It didn't start kicking in when they revised the law. It can go back to when you were committed the crime, and if you were under 26, you have a shot oh at early release. God, do we have a lot of evil people who serve in the legislature. I mean, they're flat-out evil. They, 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 they don't care if people die. So he wouldn't have even served 30 years. He did get a life sentence with a chance for parole after 40 years. But here we are, not even 30 years, and he has a chance now because of the youth offender status. See, they have a lot of that going on. There's a lot of discounts going on. Uh, a few past the age of 60. They, yeah, they the give you old persons. Yeah, they give you elderly parole. <laughs> All right, we got more coming up. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.
Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and frauds to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from selected past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look, and HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. On the radio, 1 to 4 after 4 o'clock, iHeart app for John and Ken On Demand, the podcast. And leave a message using the app for the Moist Line. The calls are coming back tomorrow during the 3 o'clock hour. You can use the app, the microphone icon, or call the toll-free number 1-877-MOIST-86. You've probably been hearing the news that the writer's strike could be over soon. It has gone on for more than 140 days. The writers went out before the actors did. And apparently the two sides have been meeting. And one tip that it could be coming to an end, John, is the bigwigs. And I always like that word. I just wanted to stick it in. Bigwigs have been attending the talks. Some of them had bigwigs. Bob Iger, Walt Disney Company chief executive, apparently showed up. The head of NBC Universal Studio Group, the Netflix co-CEO Ted Sarandos, these people participated in the latest meeting, which leads some to believe, don't call me in until you're going to close the deal. That's kind of how the top executives work. Is that how they talk? I don't want to sit there and listen to the BS. If you're not getting anywhere, then just let me, uh, I'm not coming. No. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like your guy's holding a cigar. I know. It's it's a fat big wig, right? It's <laughs> he's sweating. Uh, well, it says here they they're meeting today and tomorrow. There are some that say we're not as close as you think we are. But the last time they met in August, apparently it was ugly. Well, because all the executives came in and and gave them a lecture. That's what it said, yes. Yeah. They, they gave them a lecture. That's what the, <laughs> the the writers' union told their members, that all they did was give us a lecture. They just uh, berated us or something like that. Yeah, that, that's good negotiating tactic. Go and berate your employees on strike. Sure, they're going to sign oh, probably within an hour. They'll sit there and agree. It's like, you know, you're right. We are a bunch of jack-offs. Okay, sure, you've got us. I, I, I tell you, the ego of, of executives is just is just astonishing. I, it's just absolutely astonishing. You've got people who are willing to risk starvation and homelessness, and you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna go in and yell at them. Uh, the looks hell? like both sides are motivated to do a deal because if the strike goes on much longer. It's going to be tougher to get back on track even for the 2024 film slates. So that's what they're starting to think about now. Uh, If the strike goes on, there won't be much product for people to see in theaters or even in the streaming services if they don't pull some kind of a deal out soon. I I may have mentioned this, but this story has stuck in my head. There's an actor, and he uh, appeared on some show uh, that was a hit. I forget if it was a broadcast or or, or cable, right? So Mm -hmm. it it was a hit show, did really well. He got paid for his work. Then they sent it over to one of the streaming services. Well, he says in the years since, more people have seen the show on the streaming service than ever showed saw it when it was originally run. He goes, but I don't get a dime for that. I don't get any money for you know the millions of people who've seen it on streaming all these years. And that's the kind of thing that they're trying to fix. And what it is. What's the argument against that? In fact, it starts with the pay bump. That's what they're they're negotiating simple wages, looking for five, six, seven percent increase. But you're right. The second part of this is viewership data and a payment system based on the success of the streaming shows. That has been a real sticking point between the two sides, and and that's you know something because you know when actors were in sitcoms years ago, they would be paid per episode, but they'd also hopefully uh, get a share of what they call the syndication money. Down yeah. the road when that show keeps running, and this is before streaming, but like when it moves over to TBS and one of the cable channels and runs, you know, five episodes like, a day like, or something like, 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 like that. Friends? Yeah, like, like TBS runs Friends <laughs> night and day and yeah, our Big Bang Theory. It was probably run 100,000 times every episode. Yeah, I, I'm guessing that the actors on that show got a cut of that somehow, besides being well, paid Jerry a lot. Seinfeld. They were paid like a more than a million dollars per episode there for a while. Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, and Seinfeld, and, uh, yeah. Uh, what, what's his name? Uh uh, David, well, I forgot. Uh, uh, David, first name. Uh, Larry David. Larry David, yeah. yeah they, the creator, they, right. they became billionaires from that, yeah. from the syndication sale, because they were the creators. You want some story stick in my head from last week? Uh, apparently there's a book coming out, and Larry David went to a wedding a couple of years ago in France for some big movie or radio, or I'd rather TV executive. And guess it was at his table at the wedding. Elon Musk. And apparently he started berating Elon Musk for killing for killing people because he votes Republican. It was right after the Texas, remember Valvelde, Texas shooting? And I guess right. there were witnesses to this, and he just started screaming at Elon Musk for, uh, you're voting Republican, you're killing kids. You know you're killing kids? 
<laughs> it almost sounded like a sitcom episode. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but apparently that's how he can be in, in real life. Is that how he tries out material to see if it makes everybody uncomfortable enough and they turn it into an episode? Yeah. I love this line, too, because we were just talking about the last time they negotiated back in August, the Writers Guild and the studio people. The negotiating committee for the writers people phrased it this way, and this would be writers, wouldn't it? Their counteroffer is neither nothing nor nearly enough. You have to take a moment to decipher that. Mm, I see. All right, they didn't offer us nothing, but they're not even close to what we need to get. <laughs> right. So some sort of in-between there is all they could tell the people. But uh, the word coming out this week, especially I think the tell is the top executives have shown up to uh, be a part of this. It just shows you that either we're near the end or they believe it's important that we get near the end. It's got to be one or the other or else they wouldn't waste their time coming to these negotiating sessions, the top executives. Pay the money for the streaming. I mean, you wonder what Bob Iger does day by day, but, you know, walking into a meeting of uh, a negotiating <laughs> meeting between the Writers Guild and yeah, the studios, get, I don't think would be exciting for him. You, but you got to have a lot of arrogance and ego, though, to lecture the people who make uh, billions of dollars for your company. That's 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 obnoxious. That's right, the got, worst side of executives. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Yeah, and, I, uh, we uh, we have execution news. Well, we do. I mean, there was an execution in Oklahoma, but that's not the big story. Although the, the thing about that I found weird because some websites like to point out what the last meal was. And it was meat and potatoes, but thrown in there was okra. And I stared at the screen and said, this guy wanted okra as part of it? Uh, okra. It's Deborah. a vegetable. Well, what does it look like? I think it's white. Hmm. Isn't it white? Let me see. Uh, is it bitter like, you know? Yeah. It sounds like a bitter kind of green or You know, I vegetable. think I remember okra. Oh no! Sorry, it isn't. It isn't. Is it white. brown? It's green. No, it's, it is green. it's green. Yeah, it's, it's green. green. Okay, I think it's like kale. Is it uh, kind of right. like kale? It almost looks. I'm looking at it right now. It almost. My first thought was maybe a green bean. You know, oh. remember at the beginning of the uh, panic over the shutdown, and everybody cleared out the shelves at the supermarkets. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing left was okra and tofu. And that's right. <laughs> I didn't remember what it looked like, but I do remember that it was sitting there by itself in a basket, a basket of okra, and everything else was gone. And I'm thinking, well, the, boy, the, that must taste really bad. The big execution story is in Alabama, and here's why. And we're reading from the New York Times, Bernard E. Harcourt, a professor of law and political theory at Columbia. Oh, he's a lot of fun. He began his legal career representing people on Alabama's death row and continues to represent people sentenced to death. So... Clearly, the story we're looking at is very sympathetic towards uh, the condemned. And what we're talking about in Alabama is something that's never been done before. They want to kill their inmates using a brand new method called nitrogen hypoxia. Mm. Sounds terrible. Basic, well, I don't know if it's that terrible. But they've been trying to come up with a new method because the last time they tried to kill a guy that's been a pain in the neck murderer... It didn't go well with the stupid three-drug, two-drug, whatever protocol. <laughs> so, uh, basically what they do with nitrogen hypoxia, they kill you because you're going to breathe in high concentrations of nitrogen. It starves you of oxygen until you die. It's really kind of simple. Uh, they've already distributed the new execution protocol to all the prison guards. So, they're getting ready to do this. There's 160 men and women. 65, 160 men and five women waiting execution in Alabama. 
when this happens, we're not sure, although we do know the next inmate that's supposed to be in line for this. Uh, basically, what they do is they put a mask around you and it pumps nitrogen into your body. That's easy. Um, <clears throat> right. So you're, you're, you're breathing you'll nothing be secured but nitrogen. To a, you'll be secured to a gurney. Your nose and mouth would be covered by a mask and nitrogen will be pumped into your lungs until you suffocate. 78% of our atmosphere is nitrogen. It is nitrogen rich, right? Oxygen's only 21%. And there's uh, trace uh, elements of a, of, a, of a few other things. So do you feel, I mean, are you, does it Well, hurt? that's the question. Suffocate, you know, you would think suffocation can be, I don't know if the word is painful, but it can be <clears throat> mentally anguishing, right? No, you just go unconscious. It says nitrogen gas renders the subject unconscious. Death ensues within a few minutes. But what this uh, uh, Bernard Harcourt's worried about about is if the mask does not fit properly and a little oxygen seeps in, then the person will be left gasping. See, because they'll have a little bit of oxygen (laughs) that'll try to be sucking in. He won't be it won't be completely unconscious. And then he's going to suffocate rather than just go unconscious and become brain dead. The man that may be the first to go is Kenneth Eugene Smith. He's the one I mentioned that was, uh, well, he was in the botched execution. Last November, they spent hours uh, uh, on a gurney as they tried to find locations to insert the intravenous lines without success, and then they called the whole thing off. So he writes, it's hard to imagine a more ghastly ordeal than being marched back a second time to face the executioner and a new method of execution that has possibly of uh, could be of unknown agony. He's just a bedwetter, this guy. (laughs) You know, I've asked this question before. Why don't we just give people an overdose of propofol? I don't understand what what's wrong with that Mm -hmm. or kill Michael Jackson. Exactly. Or shoot them in the head. Well, but I'm (laughs) saying that if we're trying to be humane. Yeah, Why not I, do propofol? We we, know, I mean, when you have colonoscopies, right, Ken? We know it, you don't even you don't know you don't know what's going on. I so, like how you bond with Ken because you both had colonoscopies. Well, because you haven't. We know we in the colonoscopy. We do. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, Deborah, behind pentobarbital, which they use in Texas, which seems to have the same effect. You basically just go on into unconsciousness, and eventually you die. I don't know why they don't all use. They, they're claiming they're having trouble getting these drugs, so I but this, getting nitrogen wouldn't be as big a problem, I guess. It's really it's really easy to kill people. You know, they used to use this nitrogen method uh, veterinarians did to uh, snuff out your your pets. Oh, you mean the terminally ill pets and stuff, or or just yeah, pets that yeah. have too many of? Yeah, well, no. Hopefully, both. when they're terminally ill, and you want to put them down humanely. <laughs> Yeah, they use nitrogen they gas. Uh, in fact, I have... Yeah, John's right. He writes, should the mask not fit properly and oxygen seep in, the person may be left gasping. It could result in severe brain damage rather than they're, death. They're always worried about murderers gasping. I know, during the, the comfort, uh, right. During the killing process. So what do you care? You care that he's gasping? Would you like a recording of the... Uh, of, of the, the person uh, killed? Yeah. yeah uh, he killed a woman by the name of Elizabeth Dorleen Sennett. In 1988, he was hired to kill her. Bitch, she was By gasping. Her husband. Huh? Bitch, the victims are gasping as they're oh. bleeding out from whatever uh, atrocity that was committed. So we'll yeah. be watching this. Um, uh, if they, they do carry out the first execution, now that they've handed out the protocols, tells me they're serious about this. Uh, and uh, we don't know whether it's going to occur this year. 
But uh, this man would be the first to go. So, you know, now the uh, Veterinary Association says nitrogen gas is unacceptable for animals other than chickens and turkeys. Nope. <laughs> Not a fan of chicken and turkeys. <laughs> so you can give a nitrogen gas. Uh, no dogs or cats, but chickens and turkeys. You give the uh, nitrogen exit bag to a turkey. Uh, because they don't really feel it. Now, why is that funny? Why is it killing turkeys is funny? It is. It's not killing turkeys. It's funny. The exception being chickens and turkeys is right, funny. Right, but I don't understand that. <laughs> All right, we got more coming up. Johnny Kent, KFI, AM640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. Uh, Deborah Mark, are, are, you, are you ready to go? Yeah, I am. No, I'm just trying to do. No, what I was trying to do is put on a news station that starts having news at 3 o'clock. So I have a, a TV with news. <laughs> so she's somebody to steal from. You know, let no. me no, let me tell you. No, <laughs> it's very hard hey, to change. Look, look what Channel 7 has. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.